0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Money Honeys where we, Freddie, Chantel, and Devin, are on a holy mission to get our bank accounts and our asses
1: fatter. Oh yeah. That's right, that's right. goal. Mm -hmm. So you wanna become a content creator, or maybe you don't and you're just interested in the business behind making money online. Well, you are in luck because today we're talking about something that we collectively know a thing or two about. Mm-hmm. Internet content.
3: Specifically making money from content.
1: Because that's how we met. You guys, we're sisters in content. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Do, Do I hate, you. hate it? <laughs> 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 no, you love it. <laughs> Instead of sisters in Christ. Sisters in content. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I can't. Well, let's get real, though.
2: If making content is what we do, and sometimes we've done wild things for the content, what would y'all say is the wildest thing you've done to make money, slash, for the views?
1: I mean, for Chantel, it uh, it has to be painting with our period blood. right? Which, okay, we get a lot of, like, I researched us on TikTok (laughs) last night for when we were making this episode, Um, and a lot of people always talk about, like, that video. It's like, Uh. what were they doing? Like yeah. what were they doing? And I get it, sure, sure, sure. But also it was one of the most fun videos. <laughs>
3: it was. And you know what was wild at the time? It's like it didn't it didn't feel like that extreme.
1: No. You know? I like, think it's because we brought in an actual artist who did that who had done it. As a right as a political statement. Yeah. She was just like, here's how I collected my blood. <laughs>
3: And we we're like, okay, God, thank you so much for this tip.
1: <laughs> and we flew her down. Yeah, yeah. I, loved I loved that episode. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was it, great.
3: like, it it feels like it was like doing something quote unquote extreme, but in order to help like destigmatize like menstruation and menstruation blood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe just, I I am a type of person that gets squeamish with blood, but it's like menstruation blood feels very different because I'm like. I we all like see and touch that shit every a week month? out of every month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Mine started
2: at six AM. Oh
1: my God. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, Thank Shanti. you. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Fred? What do you think?
2: You know, I was trying to think of this. I think one of the craziest things that I had to do was just like A hot dog eating contest. It doesn't sound as extreme as like painting with our period blood, but I was like, "Why was I stuffing hot?" I don't even know. I don't know what what what. what? I don't even know what the video (laughs) was. I think it was just like
1: it was Soft's video. It it was. It was a hot dog eating contest. That was her idea. She was very fascinated. I think it was around summertime in July.
2: Oh, there was a there was an event. There was a a festival or something happening. Oh, like
1: a BuzzFeed
3: event. Yeah, we used to have like rooftop events all the time. No,
2: I think it was like a national national hot dog eating concert. (laughs) I'm like BuzzFeed was doing a cupcake party.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I need to look
2: this up right
1: now. I don't know what was the frame of this video. What was... Well, the actual competition, it happens every year. On July, like Fourth of July, and people actually like compete and like stick hot dogs and water so it goes. Yeah. Okay, yes, you guys.
3: <laughs> it's women try competitive eating. Oh yeah. This is it. I
2: totally forgot we had to dip the.
3: Okay. It was. It was you, Candice, Jen, and,
2: and Sof. Oh. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. we had to dip the hot dogs in water to make the bread easier to digest, oh, God, but that just sounds I remember
1: unapperted. I was a fellow then, so I really wasn't a, officially a part of Ladylike yet. But I remember being in the background like holding the camera being like, "Oh my God, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, Freddie, don't don't, Freddie, no. oh, wow. Oh, was that a drone shot? We got a drone we shot, did. Holy shit.
3: Wow, yeah, we're just like scrubbing through this video and it doesn't even Who won? Can we get to who, you? D- who did win? Is it Candace? It doesn't even feel like memory lane to me because I like don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here I am in the audience standing next to Jared. Because <laughs> I was like, did I film this? I don't I don't have a memory of
2: filming it. I don't think I filmed it. You just attended. You were just an audience. I member. guess I just
3: attend Soft is holding some sort of trophy. I don't know if that means she
1: won, or if well, you know, soft. She got super competitive. When we it just yeah, gave. I think she did win. I yeah. think soft did win. <laughs> God bless.
3: All right. Oh yeah, because we were saying soft dog, soft dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Well. God bless. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. we we
2: did some we did some wild things.
3: <laughs> Back for the, in the day, from hot
2: dogs to period <laughs> hot dogs blood. to period blood. Wow.
3: Yeah, uh alright you All right y'all, well that was a trip down memory lane. When we come back, we're gonna explore how the big publishers, the big dogs, like Buzzfeed, actually make
1: money. And we're gonna talk about the most effective ways you can turn your time online into dollars. And we're gonna do it after,
3: after the break.
1: break.
4: If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Participating McDonald's.
4: Who needs an alarm
0: in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um but the bag did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: And we're back. And before we launch into the next segment, we just need to preface that we are basing today's conversation on a, our collective experience, B, all companies are different. And C, we are not cute
1: financial experts. We're just cute. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's the facts. (laughs) Lates. (laughs) We know. And by the way, when we say publishers, we're talking about our Voxes. We're talking Mm -hmm. about BuzzFeed. We're talking about the big players who collectively aggregate a lot of social content under one umbrella and get a lot of views or traffic that way. So, we know from our experience that publishers, AKA big players in the internet space, have a lot of streams of revenue. But can y'all guess the five ways these places make money?
3: I know a lot of places, their main stream comes from like doing branded content. So, like Target will be like, hey, um, basically, kind of like a new model for making commercials. Right. And so then that's when it's like, Ladylike uses the Google phone, you know,
2: whatever. Um Spawn's That's con. a very bad version of it, but
1: mm-hmm.
3: big level spawn
2: con, essentially. Yeah, that was one of mine. Um, AdSense or uh, ads. Sure, yep. I would say, yep, yep,
3: display ads, yeah. I know BuzzFeed makes money from affiliate links, so like Huge. all the Amazon um, lists that I...
1: I'm always on.
3: I never buy anything. I don't know. I just always like looking. I know.
1: I always go, too. That's where they get me. Sometimes we'll go to buzzfeed.com slash trending. And I'll be like, okay, mm. this is what's trending right now. And then I always click on those like 50 things on Amazon that you yes. didn't know about. Yeah.
3: Yes, or it's like, if you hate cleaning, you'll love these products. And I'm like, I do hate cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I love these products. Fucking got you. It got me.
1: <laughs> so we have, you guys said SponCon, you said Display Ads, and you said Affiliate Links. We've mm-hmm. got two more. ah oh. I'll just tell you guys. Yeah, so yes. number <laughs> <laughs> at this point, let me just say. So we have display ads, subscriptions. Oh. SpawnCon, events. Oh. And affiliate linking. Right. So you
2: don't need but like what events?
1: Don't you remember how <laughs> at a certain point at BuzzFeed in Our Time at Ladylike, you know, our manager would come to us and be like, let's do an event. Let's put on an event. I think that we should be doing these things, remember? Yeah. I think BuzzFeed... Um, I think they don't really do them, but
3: they should have been doing them.
1: I feel like we have, in our collective experience, have touched all of these revenue streams. But if you think about it, if we like back out from our personal experience, having five different revenue streams is not, not bad advice, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what sets digital advertisers and digital publishers apart from regular publishers, right? Like, if you think about a newspaper, we had that. The only way they make money is through either subscriptions or display ads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are three other ways that online publishers can create more revenue, which I think is important to note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, because like a newspaper can sell their like merch and stuff, but it's like how many people are buying like an LA Times shirt Ho- hoodie? <laughs> I would if it was cute. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's probably not a, a huge side for them. Maybe it is. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We don't should know.
1: call up Daddy LA Times. <laughs> <laughs> so you see this chart I have here for y'all? Yes. yes. Do you see the little LOL? Or it's actually a win sticker at the bottom <laughs> that I <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So this, I last night did a deep dive with a... Little glass of wine into the 2021 BuzzFeed annual financial report. Mm -hmm. And so I found this last year in revenue, BuzzFeed experienced incredible growth. They made $62 million in advertising, $130 million in content, and $206 million in commerce. Oh no. Brett, I see you taking a deep breath. <laughs> the Twitch's overall yields 24% growth year to year from 2020 to 2021.
2: Mm. I mean, good for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad that, like, they're growing. That's great. <laughs> um, I would like to grow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love for them to continue growing so that my stocks can be worth yeah. something. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I found this financial... Like uh, report quite enlightening because as a content creator myself, who is constantly whoring herself out (laughs) for web engagement, this doc is essentially BuzzFeed's letter to investors saying like, oh, we're doing great. We're so profitable. But also if you want to give us more money, that'd be cute too. So I learned so many things. Like as of twenty twenty one, digital advertising represents a hundred and seventy nine billion dollars of the market. Mm. Cut me off a piece of that. Video and social, aka what we do, is growing at a compound rate of thirty one percent between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty one. So wow. th- this is that's life affirming. Our skill set of what we do is in demand. Whether yeah these publishers may tell us otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2021, BuzzFeed drove 600 million Christian dollars <laughs> in, attributable, in, in attributable transactions to their advertisers and affiliate links alone. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about, those Amazon yeah, listicles. Yeah, Amazon listicles. Mm-hmm. And then I also like, the wool was pulled from my eyes when I was reading this. You know like wire cutter. That's yeah. just an aggregator of affiliate links. Mm-hmm. So we think of like these sites like Wirecutter, like Buzzfeed as like leaders, thought leaders of like what the best products are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily what's the best products, it's just what affiliate links they have on hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. true. So that being
3: said, Wirecutter does give really good recommendations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't
3: you come for Wirecutter? <laughs> That's my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a very committed relationship. Um, Yeah. No, it's interesting because it's like, I'm curious because even like the, the higher the traffic, the more money that they get. And so it's like from Wirecutter, it's like, how much money are they getting from like the top click?
1: I remember when we were at BuzzFeed, we did an affiliate link deal, which was another thing like we never really learned about the affiliate links deals that were attached to our videos, mm-hmm. um, which is something to note. We never knew, um, but we had an affiliate link deal with Tarte, like I think around 2019, mm. that our videos alone drove like two million dollars worth of sale for sales for Tarte. I did not know that. Yeah, how did you know that? Where were who told what? Oh. Our old manager, one of our old managers who I was close I no with, idea. told us that. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow.
1: Yep. Just from our videos alone, on as is, our
3: our videos would get like million views minimum. Mm-hmm. If it was under a million, we'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. it didn't perform that mm-hmm. well. Even if it was like half a million. <laughs> <Right>. Can you imagine? <laughs> On YouTube, not counting any other views. Right.
1: And something I think we should note about BuzzFeed, because I think sometimes people think, oh, like you were independent or you were creators, content creators for BuzzFeed. You guys must have raked in social media deals, Mm. which we didn't because BuzzFeed as a whole would package us with a lot of other products. So you could never just buy a ladylike video. It would be like you have to buy seven or eight different videos across BuzzFeed channels. We were never really. It was very hard to just purchase our time and our content individually.
3: They should have been able to do that. I feel like they
1: missed out on a lot of opportunities. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you read that paragraph? That, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that I've um Shanti's going to read us a little paragraph, you guys. Okay. And from... this is
3: from the current report. Mhm. Um, At the same time, reputation, ethics, and quality matter now more than ever. Social platforms can no longer rely on user-generated content and moderation policies, as they are increasingly exposed to liability for allowing toxic and and misleading articles, posts, and videos to be posted and shared on their platforms. These platforms need high-quality, brand-safe content, which BuzzFeed is uniquely able to provide at scale. Social platforms are important partners for us as we are the streaming services for which we help drive subscriptions, reduce churn, and market new
1: shows. Thoughts, feelings? And for those who don't know, user-generated content is just like what you see on TikTok. It's users generating their own content, AKA making videos and publishing it. So what this is saying is like BuzzFeed Pretty much our gatekeepers
3: Our gatekeepers to that I see this in relation to um, Like The kind of like fake news And shit like that Where people are just posting stuff That is like blatantly false Yeah Because social platforms like Facebook And stuff like don't moderate it how they, they really don't yeah. yeah so
2: I mean I guess it, I mean, it does make sense there is more of like a chain of command and like checks and balances mm-hmm. that BuzzFeed offers and other digital publications offer you know because we do like working at BuzzFeed what would happen when we would make a video right we would shoot the video, mm-hmm. edit the video, send it out for notes. There mm-hmm. were a chain of command of all of these different groups who had to kind of check our facts and make sure, mm-hmm. check technical stuff, but also check like our facts and what we're saying and making sure that it like makes sense. The mm-hmm. research team, like there was a lot of checks and balances. The
3: legal team.
2: Yeah, the legal team that like we had to go through before a video would go up, mm-hmm. which is not the same for individual right. creators. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And so to me, this this is sounding like their argument for why they are still competitive in the digital marketing space. So, tell me, Lades, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Uh, <laughs> do you ever feel like an internet dinosaur? Oh yeah,
2: I feel like I'm not like on the internet anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I feel like things are constantly changing. Um, even with like when you think about just social media, period. Like take the like the digital publications out of it, like. Instagram is just making all of these changes, like the algorithm is just not the same as it was mm-hmm. four or five years ago mm-hmm. no one's seeing at people's posts mm-hmm. that they actually follow mm-hmm. like there's just all of they're popping in random accounts on your feed so that then you accidentally like something then you're like oh wait I don't even follow this person right <laughs> it's just like a lot going on right yeah. now <laughs> which mm-hmm. takes me to that point of feeling like a dinosaur and like just like whiplash like I just don't even know What's going on?
3: My um my TikTok account that I don't really like like make stuff or post stuff, but it's the one that I, I use to like like stuff and like fave stuff. Um it's Chantel Houston one because at some point I made at Chantel Houston and I couldn't figure out how to log back into it. <laughs> I thought I was logging back into it and I was just making another account.
4: And oh, so no. Chantel
3: Houston cannot be accessed. Oh my god! But Chantel Houston won. <laughs> Follow her. She doesn't post. I'm all <laughs> up on it. I'm all up on it. Number one in our hearts. Chantel Number one Houston in won. Our hearts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, damn. I feel old. Well, I, I don't. But I don't care about feeling old.
2: Yeah, me neither. I'm I like, mean, it's whatever. Just, it's. So, everything is changing so much. Like, there was an article that came out a couple weeks ago that was saying, like, Google's impressions are down because everyone is using TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram as search engines now. Which, like, Google's been the number one player for search engines. You mean for- Google.com? Yes. I
3: thought you meant Google as a company, even
2: like YouTube. Nah, Google.com. Yeah, Google. Dot dot com.
1: but like, I think about when I look, go to get my hair and nails done, I look up pictures on Pinterest or Instagram. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't go to Google for that because
2: it's not. Yeah, right. It's not. There's no aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even realize Google
3: is no longer cool. Yeah. I. W- yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, even like
2: rest Even when it comes to like recipes and mm, stuff, people yeah. are all on TikTok for sure. For like
3: sure. I did not know that. Yeah. I need to get out. I've been looking for some new recipes. Oh yeah. I've been using Google.com like a noob.
1: <laughs> Type it into TikTok. Yeah. Wow.
3: Chantel Houston one is gonna be all over her new little recipes.
1: (laughs) Cannot wait. I mean, but the fact of the matter is we are 2017 internet famous. God bless. That was five years ago. Yeah.
3: Thank God. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I feel like so much like older.
2: Honestly, yeah, I'd rather be internet famous in 2017 than in 2022. Yeah. Ooh, tell me more. Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling like I mean, it's always been the wild, wild west on the Internet, but I just feel like even now it's just getting I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm overwhelmed by social media. I'm overwhelmed by, you know, the idea of just, you know, people getting canceled left and right. Like everyone's it's just a lot. It's just a lot for me. Mm.
3: That's so true. Even how it's like. It's like, okay, because it used to just kind of be like Instagram was like the big player. And then it was like, okay, if you have a presence on Twitter, like that's a plus. Right. Not a not a requirement, anything. Whereas now it's like, okay, but do you have a TikTok? Or it's like, you have a YouTube. Okay, but do you have an Instagram? You have an Instagram. Okay, but do you have a TikTok? Yeah. You have like, you know, there's like so much where it's like if you post something and it has to go 80 different places.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm tired.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. There's just... So many more platforms now and big players in the space where it's like, you know, and they all have different nuanced style of posting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's you can't really like you can do an extent, but you can't really copy and paste across all social media. No, like you just can't. It won't work the same. No, I don't have the time. And and we are tired. We're tired. We have shows to watch.
3: Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> we important. We have
2: recipes to find.
3: Yeah,
1: very. We have cats to pet. We have yeah. cats to pet. Very we important. have naps to take. Ugh. Yeah, I know. You know, we have weddings to plan. We have you weddings
2: know? to plan. Oh my Stuff God. to
1: do. We shouldn't feel bad, and I don't think we are about being internet dinosaurs, because the internet is constantly reinventing itself. And there is a school of thought that believes that the biggest social media stars, aka the highest earners, on a platform are the first ones to that platform. You think mm. about Brittany Broski. You think about uh, the Demilio The Demelios on TikTok. Yeah. You think about let's even switch to YouTube. Like think about like who was big like Joey Graceffa back in the day. Yeah. Or like
3: Grace Mamrie. Grace Mamrie. Um, Tyler, Tyler Oakley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: was like Tyler, the creator, but that's not his name. <laughs> Tyler, the
3: yeah. Tyler, the YouTube creator. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. We're gonna get sued by the <laughs> Tyler the creator. He's the only. I would be honored. Yeah, I would be honored right. if he's listening. If you're listening, hey Tyler, try try it. Please try. I would welcome it.
1: Um, so. To quote BuzzFeed's financial report above, Jonah is arguing that they're still competitive in the space because A, you can't trust UGC content, B, BuzzFeed has quote unquote figured out how to make strong viral content at scale, and C, they have a strong relationship with the platforms. How do you feel about that argument of their strategy?
3: To an extent, I do think it's correct because not being able to trust UGC, where it's like even Facebook, like because of all the shit that was being posted on Facebook, like I hate Facebook now. Oh, yeah. You know, versus like. Also, but Facebook, if you want to sponsor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But like,
3: okay, I mean, I won't say I hate Facebook, but like the. Where like all 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 the stuff that was being posted on Facebook really put a lot of like distrust and made people very disgruntled about the platform as a whole, and I think also kind of just like downgraded the quality of the platform, and so it's like in in one respect is like is that going to be eventually what happens with like most UGC places I don't know like they kind of need to have a better like moderation in place and now Instagram I mean obviously owned by Facebook but has a lot more moderation than somewhere like Facebook um which probably has done it well or like done it a service, even though they like sometimes moderate very odd stuff that like doesn't need to be moderated right. a lot. Right. Um
2: Yeah, they're like moderating the wrong things. Yeah. It's like-
3: they're moderating the <laughs> wrong things. But it's like it is there is like a more of a moderation tool, like in place. Yeah. Yeah. Needs refinement. <laughs> right. Um I have some notes. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like in that respect I'm like, I do I don't think he's necessarily wrong because it kind of happened with Facebook already. Yeah sure
2: yeah I agree with the points besides the middle one I think uh, BuzzFeed has figured out how to make strong viral content at scale Um, I think they figured out how to make I think in 2022 they figured out how to make content at scale I think that there's there's still a lot of learning and growing to do with the times like just because they're a big publication a big digital publication that's been around for a long time doesn't mean that like they still know how to make the same exact type of viral content that they did in 2015. Like mm-hmm. I think that things have there has been a slump.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: mm-hmm. just that's just the reality. I think individual creators, low key, know how to move with the times way faster than a larger conglomerate like BuzzFeed.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because there's a lot more bureaucracy.
3: Yeah, involved. a lot more bureaucracy. Exactly. Yeah, and the bigger you get, the slower you are. Yep. Right. And so that's what like. A lot of the different publishers I've run into, mm-hmm. because it's like if we think about Heyday, it's like oh yeah, because that's when we were just like moving and grooving.
2: You just like there weren't even all those like and like this may have been there. I I wasn't at BuzzFeed in like 2015, 2016, but like yeah, you were. Oh, I was.
1: <laughs> did you just black out. I was like I did. I was there. You I was were like, there I too. got there
2: in twenty seventeen. Um, scratch that. But in like the early days where like they were working out of a bungalow and like all of these things like they didn't have all the checks and balances and all of the legal and research teams to go through so they were just firing out, out content which did help it to grow mm-hmm. um at the scale that it is now so mm-hmm. it's it's like I don't know like you said the the bigger you are the slower you yeah. are
3: when I started there was no research team or like the spell check like interns did spell check It'd be like, can I get two interns to, like, look at this? Yeah. And then it was like, looks good.
1: (laughs) Dangerous. Well, even even Jonah, Jonah even quoted that history part of BuzzFeed in this financial letter. He was saying that BuzzFeed started out as a lab where people Mm -hmm. would just, like, try out different content to see what was going to stick and what was going to trend. And I think in a lot of ways, making a lab to scale is... A sticky is a sticky venture because labs burn through money. Mm-hmm. Like even if you think about like scientific labs, they they are constantly asking the government and other parties for grants for money. They burn through money. Even it, NASA,
3: yeah. NASA spends billions of dollars.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. And so it is a it is a it is an interesting dance. Like who actually has the upper hand and what's going to become viral? What's going to become sticky, what's gonna be do super well. Mm-hmm. Is it the independent creator who can, you know, be a little bit more nimble, but is also open to a lot of liability yeah. on a personal scale. Uh-huh. Or is it the publisher who can has all deep pockets in a legal team, but, you know, they move slower and right. they make changes at a different rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and
3: something that I've found just working more in, like, branded content, too, is that so, like, if someone is going to BuzzFeed to, like, make branded content, they're not only paying BuzzFeed as, like, a production studio, but they're also paying BuzzFeed for, like, the audience that they have built in. So, like, versus going to someone who has, like, 100 followers on something, if they post it, maybe 100 people are seeing it. Mm -hmm. But going to someone who has, like, 5 million subscribers on this thing, then it's like, okay, we're blasting it out to that many people. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you have a TV show that 5 million people watch, you're Grey's Anatomy, you're the top show on ABC. Right. You know? And so it's like... I don't remember what my point was, but I said it. And
1: that's what's important. But those were some thoughts. Thank you. You know what? This is what podcasts are for. Okay? (laughs) So like I said, this financial report was really enlightening. In general, like I had no idea how these kind of letters, the formats of these letters work. And I had no idea that there was a section where companies list out all of the risks related to their business and industry. If you're an investor reading this letter, you're going to want it before you pour your money into something. You're going to want to know, like, what's the return? Is there any risks? And that's where I found, like, we got a little shout out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, should I read this? Yeah, little, read the little shout out. Little blip?
2: The loss of key personnel or our failure to attract and retain other highly qualified personnel in the future could harm our business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Because basically they're losing like the influencer. So they have like all this infrastructure now of like, BuzzFeed Video has however multi-million subscribers, mm-hmm. but it's like how many people are watching it? You kind of need like the talent. To attract people to watch it, it didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like when I started working at BuzzFeed, it wasn't very talent based.
1: Right. It just happened naturally. I, I was going to actually bring that up. When the three of us entered BuzzFeed, I don't think any of us had the intention to become influencers. I remember I wanted to become a showrunner, still mm-hmm. do. Uh, you, Chantel, you went in to become a director. Mm-hmm. Fred, you went yeah. in to kind I of look into hosting and making yeah. videos. It wasn't yeah. like necessarily like, ooh, we're going to become. Go to this incubator to become influencers.
3: No, that was the last thing on my mind.
1: A thousand percent. Yeah. So when they say like it's, I think it's a l- little bit more than just like influencers. It's it's the loss of people who can keep their finger on the pulse, mm-hmm. and also who regularly are online a lot, mm-hmm. because that's a different kind of personality. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. who are all who are very online. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different personality type. It so.
3: is. It is a personality type that I no longer am. Yeah.
1: Say more about that. You
3: know? Where it's like even being just like online a lot or like, because there's people who like tweet every single thought that they have and I'm like, that's just like so not me. Mm-hmm. Or like just saying like, here's how I feel about this. Here's this, this, this. Where I'm like, that's just not me anymore. Because mm-hmm. it's like in a, in a sense that was me slash us like to an extent, you know. I don't think we were ever like like every single thought type type right. tweeting. No, but um, but were we just like just felt like I had more to say.
1: Well, I mean, we were demanded to say more because mm-hmm. we had a quota of three videos a week. Mm-hmm. Which now, as an independent YouTube creator on top of my other jobs, mm-hmm. I don't know how we did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. videos a week. Mm-hmm. It's insane.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I also yeah. just think too like we felt like we had to because it was just like a weird balance of like oh, we like I don't know. We we worked with um Miss J and we were models for a day, but also At the same time, there's like tragedy happening. And it's like if we post this, we also can't like ignore what's happening in the world. So it just felt like a a song and dance of like making sure that we were keeping things balanced, which kept us on the internet a lot more.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. That's a
2: really good point.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Whereas like now, it's not that there's less tragedy, it's just that we're not. Our faces aren't online all the time, being like,
2: "So here's what we did yeah. today." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> FTFT. Yeah, right. It's like, well, you know, ladies. today we're learning etiquette, right? And it's like, well, ladies, there's also, you know, a bombing that happened yesterday, right? You right. know, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's tough. It was. It was tough, and that that really did keep us on the yeah. a lot, a lot more. That's such a good um, point. Yeah, I also don't feel like I'm the same. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm as internet-y as I used to be. Like mm-hmm. um, I go on the
3: internet totally. all day long. Yeah. Because I'm still a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just being kind of like a, a face on the internet is like something a, that
2: just is not my thing anymore, really. My hand is not on the pulse. Right. That's what I can say. Like, I'm definitely right. on the internet, but I'm right. not like... I don't know. Like I'm probably one of those people who finds out about the trend five days after it's already yeah. left over with and like dead. You
3: know what? I, you know what trend? I loved <laughs> what? I loved the little miss meme. Oh yeah, trend. <laughs> Oh, that's already out. That's already yeah. done. I know. I know.
1: It's way done. It was like it was a really week. Quick. It was. It was it a was, moment in time. It was like right after the American Girl doll trend. Yeah. yeah.
3: Which yeah. I still love.
1: I still think we need many American Girl Dolls <laughs> to represent us all. But yeah, that little, it was like Little Miss at my fucking breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> you posted one on in your Instagram story the other day that I loved. What was it again? I forget. I'll, I'll have, have to look
3: it up. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember yeah. even responding to some really good ones. That's too good. Yeah, like there would be some that I would post and like literally like twelve people would respond, like twelve friends would mm. respond to be like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. What was it? It was like little miss final dot final <laughs> dot v <V2> two dot v three <laughs> dot <M-O-V."
1: laughs> That one hurt. That one actually yeah. hurt A little
3: triggering. Yeah, it was, it was I felt convicted. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like we could roast. (laughs) (laughs) We could. (laughs) We could roast him. (laughs) Okay, I feel like we could roast BuzzFeed's business structure for years, but we're going to take a step back and analyze how an individual person can make money on the internet using the five-pronged publisher approach. But we're going to do that
0: after after the break. break. Hey there.
3: Welcome back, y'all. We are chatting about how to copy and paste how publishers make money on the internet for the individual content creator. But one thing I want to point out is the monopoly internet platforms and apps have in
1: general. Did you know that Google has like a monopoly on their first page? You know, like if you search something in Google, the first I wanna say inch of the screen is like Google affiliate products or Google people who have, have brokered some kind of deal to be on the top page. Yeah. And then like if you placement s- placement, yeah. yeah. Placement is everything. Yeah, Because if you get on the second page, if your business lands on the second page of a Google search, you're kinda screwed. You're not, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And likewise, Amazon, they own all of the servers, yeah. pretty much. Now grocery stores and now one medical. I know. I read yes. a whole article on that. I was like, so there. This is. Oh,
3: uh, there has to be some kind of separation. I know. Where I'm like, I feel like antitrust stuff has to get in come into play at some point.
1: Right. Someone needs to break up Daddy Bezos. It's and crazy. You know. He's really the, trying to take over. That's
3: he, insane. He, I'm like, don't you have enough? You have enough.
1: I went to the 365, which for those who might be listening who don't know, Whole Foods has like an offshoot, which is supposed to be like a more economical value. It's called 365 the grocery stores out here in Los Angeles. And I went to one and they have a new way up to pay, which is by handprint.
2: Oh.
1: Yep. And I saw it. it. It's right in front of the cash register. And I was like, is that an, a handprint pay? Because like now when you go to Whole Foods, you can. Bring up your Amazon app, scan right. the coupon or whatever yeah. the fuck. Now you have a hand that you can put it in, and I said, "Is that a handprint reader?" And the cashier goes, "Don't resist." <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, that was so even funny. just like, but like data-wise, yes. But even just like germ-wise, I'm like, yeah. in the age of COVID, do we want to be touching shit that much?
1: Why do you want my handprint?
3: Why do? You, it's not just it. your
1: finger; it's a whole no, hand. It's, it's like a palm hand. print, like oh. that.
2: How odd. So what is the can you explain how it even works? I didn't even go near it. I didn't (laughs) want it.
1: I didn't like I I assume that there are many cameras. I assume that someone is like getting my DNA off of my breath by near (laughs) being near that. So I just they already own my data. So like
3: I know. Oh, that's the hard part is like they already know everything about us. It's like, what's one more thing? But still, I'm just like, oh, but the one the one medical thing really hit me. It hit me different. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, that's, that's realized medical information. But then, you know, what I also read is that like, so like in Google, they sometimes will have like, like, I think there's like, maybe like a one medical like station or something in there. So then it's like, Amazon will be inside of Google (laughs) getting Google's, like, employees, like, medical information.
2: Isn't that
1: crazy? I don't, we don't need that. We don't need it.
2: This is, like, it's too much.
1: And I I loved One Medical.
2: And I have a really off. Topic comment to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, say it. I love off topic. It's off topic. We love it. It's about
2: advertising. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm almost like, we should have Ruff come in here and tell us about advertising because there's like a lot of. So basically, I've been getting my bathroom. We're finally doing the bathroom. Oh, yeah. The primary bathroom. So we've had contractors in, mostly Spanish speaking. All of our ads on Hulu now are Spanish, are in Spanish. (gasps) It's listening. It's listening. It's like, wow. Wow.
1: Wow, you're really in my home. Like,
2: yeah. How this do is we, so so how
3: do we'll we turn
1: all of again. it off? I know. It's not how unrelated. How do we turn all of it off? Meanwhile, I'm
3: always like, Alexa, play Maggie Rogers, right? It's like,
1: <laughs> we love it, but I'm like, it's convenient sometimes. Yeah. On the other side, Amazon's just writing down, she loves Maggie Rogers. <laughs> I'm in a Maggie Rogers phase. Me too. I love her.
3: Mm, it just happened for me.
1: But it's not <laughs> off <It's> topic. just <laughs> happened. It just happened. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. I'm here now. Um, but Fred, what you said is not really off-topic, because what we're touching on here is these people, the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, whatever, they're absolute whales mm-hmm. in the space. So as the individual goes into this, like if you are somebody who's opening an online business or wants to make content or whatever, you need to know that these are the whales in the space, and positioning yourself within the, their structure is paramount Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because otherwise you'll just get drowned out
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know especially since everything's all algorithmic
1: now that they that is that's that they built Mm -hmm. algorithmic that they built Mm -hmm. not like another government agency or something right because
3: it's like the the whales that you're (laughs) talking about where it's like Oh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go for YouTube. It's like who owns YouTube? Google. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go for Instagram. Who owns Instagram? Facebook. Facebook. You know? Like
1: TikTok. ByteDance. Chinese. Yeah. Uh,
3: right. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. the <laughs> the amount of data they're pulling, too. People are like, "Don't go on TikTok." But I was like,
1: "It's funny." <laughs> It's a free app. It's really funny. It's funny and free. It's funny and free. So... Thinking about those five pronged approaches—the display ad, subscription, con, events, affiliate linking—how can someone use these to their advantage? We're opening it up this new segment into a, a, a Money Honey's brainstorm. Ooh, we a use workshop, a brainstorm, all if you the will. Time. Yeah, something—a like... workshop for the whales. <laughs> <laughs> a workshop for the working girl. <laughs> <sighs> Mmm. I love it. So, display ads. <clears throat> wow, I died for a second. <laughs> She's back. I'm back. I touched death for a second. All right. Uh, display ads. Now, I have a thought about this. Obviously, we can't buy a display ad on like a website that's like, come visit Devin. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right.
2: Peace sign. No, but it's like yours like one of your stock photos. But I did Devin Devin day. is bought actually.
3: Yeah. Devin has been purchased many times over. I've been horning myself out on the internet for a long time.
1: We should just What?
3: I just like was you back went in the lady like for a second where I was like we should just do stock photography for a week. <laughs> did you just <laughs> It, it jumped. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? It, it jumped out out. It was a reflex. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious.
2: week is actually hilarious. I mean, how much money could we make? I know, I'm like, is this an experiment? I People know. We should look into stock photography for oh, some I only, extra People slash me. Me.
1: <laughs> I made, this was back in 2013, Kay. I made, a day for doing stock photography oh my god but that doesn't there was no residuals okay there was no payback so it's kind of an awful day it's kind of a shitty deal when you think about how many times I've seen my image yeah (laughs) on the internet you're popular. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so display Anyways. ads. <laughs> so the whales of the world. <laughs> I think of display ads as like really using your Instagram and your social media to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I was on TikTok the other day and I got served this video of this guy going, Hey everyone, I'm Brendan. You might not know me, but you will now because I'm in Los Angeles and I bought this ad to target you. And it was an Whoa. independent creator who bought a geolocated ad yeah. on TikTok to, to let me know who he was. Yeah. I mean, you can, even like Instagram is always like,
3: do you want to boost this post? And I'm like, no, let it fail. I don't want to boost my post.
1: I don't care anymore. Yeah. But you can. I don't think it's a bad strategy, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Right. No, it seems smart. Mm hmm. This guy wanted to get noticed. I noticed him and I followed him because I was like, damn, he's really putting himself out there. (laughs) I want to see what else he does with it.
2: Yeah, I'm curious Mm now. Is there, I mean, I almost feel like a version of an ad is just almost like collaborating with other creators. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, because then you're exposing yourself to their audience and then vice versa. It's almost like an ad.
1: Great point. Yeah. Because like you're... Yeah, you're displaying yourself unto their audience. Yeah. Essentially.
2: Yeah. So it's more of like a it's like a it's like a makeshift ad almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You can kind of you can almost create your own like character universe. Which is kind of what like the TikTok houses are yeah. doing and stuff like that, where it's like they all exist on an individual level, but then it's also like, Ooh, I oh, Freddie and Devin just released a TikTok, like I wanna go check it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Subscription based content. Now obviously like for a while t- t- do you still have your Patreon, Chantal? No. No? Yeah. Patreon is something like that. Right. Um, I follow a gal who is a pole instructor who releases videos every month on different like pole tricks and routines that you can do. Mm-hmm. You yeah. pay for that. Mm-hmm. You
2: could also use OnlyFans for other things. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to use it for like sex work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You could use it for just exclusive content, which, mm-hmm. you, which people do have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. If you want a
3: platform, you could also just like de platform it and be like i host these zoom sessions every wednesday at 1 Mm -hmm. p.m here's like the fee to like because even like um like my friend was doing like her pilates instructor went on zoom like during the pandemic and stuff and so she'd be like okay like the session costs however many
2: dollars and then
3: here's the link to do like live Pilates.
2: Yeah, and it feels intimate, it feels exclusive, it feels like, you know, when it's not on a platform it does feel very personal, Mm -hmm. which I think people would appreciate depending on like your vibe and your brand. Yeah,
3: and because since it was Zoom, like the instructor would be able to be like, no, you need to like arch your back more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like even Fred, when we were talking about So Fred is like DJing now and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Freddie, what if you did just like curated playlists for people where it's like, okay, don't you don't have to hire me to be the live DJ, but I'll create a mix for you. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. Like a two hour mix, whatever you want. Like tell me what the vibe is. I'll like live do it and I'll send it to you and you pay for it. Yeah. Like depending on what your art is. Yeah.
2: I love that. I'm, so, I'm definitely gonna do that. Or even like,
1: like a painting commission. Yeah, you know. Or even like Twitch. Twitch is kind of like a subscription service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, Twitch is like a hybrid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also Discord. I feel like yeah. you can set up a subscription-based model on Discord.
2: Oh, really?
1: I'm d- I, Like, yeah, I think there are rooms that you can, or private Facebook groups. That's another thing. Oh, sure. You can pay for like. Uh, access or mm-hmm. ideas in a private facebook group
3: Hmm. Hmm. yeah
1: like on, on a discord
3: cool. you can have different channels mm-hmm. and then it's like if you're at this level you automatically get bumped into like a different channel that's like different access to you as a creator right or you know like discord has they have like a
1: voice chat feature that's fun and so right you could like do that right um so SpawnCon is pretty obvious, mm-hmm. right? partnering with Spawn. But we've done this before, so I feel like tips about sponsored content and what you can do with sponsored content. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of um, third-party websites like I know um, Meltwater and like Aspire that connects like brands with creators. Captivate mm-hmm.
2: is another one. Captivate, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, but the thing about SpawnCon is you re- I feel adamantly that you really need to have some kind of representation because a mm-hmm. lot of times brands, especially now and it's really shitty, they'll really try to take advantage of you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually know a few, I mean there's, <clears throat> I know a, a, another influencer who is still doing all of her own deals. It's mm-hmm. interesting because she, she talks a lot about um, publicly, a lot about you know making sure you are charging your worth, make sure mm-hmm. you're not getting you know screwed over by these brands. Um, but I I actually think that she is really like brokering these deals mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should bring her on. Yeah, definitely yeah. We should probably bring her yeah. on. Yeah, Talk. yeah, cause she's killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but yes, I would I would generally agree that like having some type of um, representation just to make sure that you're not lowballing yourself
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, with these deals because they do require a lot of work. They require a lot of mental, um, creative work. Like you know, you generally have to like pay for all the production pieces mm-hmm. yourself. So renting out a space, hiring a photographer or a videographer, all these things cost money. Getting your hair done, getting your makeup done. Like you want to make these posts look as high caliber as possible, and it costs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you don't. Well, actually, all the time you don't get paid. Production for, the, costs. for yeah, you don't get any kind of upfront stipend or anything for production costs, so mm-hmm. it's definitely something that is doable, but there it's layered for
1: sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, even just the amount of emails.
1: <laughs> the emails. The emails. So many emails. I know, the, the emails though. The emails. Events. Hmm. Meet and greets. Hmm. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now. Should we talk about like the
2: VidCon of it all? Yeah, too? let's talk about VidCon because I'm I'm curious like that to me that is an event that is like it, it's clear that it makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just kind of like, how do you make money off of events when you're uh, like, are you just charging ticket costs? Because for our meet and greet, for example, we didn't charge we didn't charge anyone to come. It was actually more of just like, it felt more like a, a, just like a fun celebration Mm -hmm. and meet and greet and hang out sesh. Mm -hmm. Um, But how can people, you know, make money from these things and not feel slimy about it?
3: I mean, I wonder if it's like, if you are doing like a subscription type thing, if it's like a certain tier there's like one meet and greet per quarter mm-hmm. or something like that. So that way it's like you're not paying directly for the meet and greet.
2: It's like a built in cost almost. Yeah, Yeah,
3: yeah, like a built in cost for like however much money a month, this is one of the perks that you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just need to like have enough people that would like want to meet you. Right. Um, which comes with just time and building an audience
2: what are the types of
1: events? I mean partnering with other folks like yeah. you know who always, who are already throwing events. Mm-hmm. I think is always smart. So like for an example, I might partner with like a yoga class and do oh. like a meet and greet. Come mm-hmm. take yoga with me mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'm bringing that business exposure and then I'm also I have an activity behind the meet and greet. I'm just not posing for pictures. Right. Right. So I think partnering with like an event or an activity is probably smart and fun. That is cool. Um, Or come watch a movie with me, which Mm -hmm. you can also do virtual events. Yeah, which is big. Right. Thank you, pandemic, for kind of introducing that into the lexicon. But I mean, I guess it is a bright side. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like even even on Disney Plus, I think you can like watch something simultaneously with someone, someone. just like built into it. Yeah. Who wants to watch Shark Fest with me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> yeah, and then affiliate linking. Yeah, I mean, huge. You can do that on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You, you can, can do that anywhere. Anywhere. Pinterest right now apparently is paying creators to come aboard their like site and make content for them. I need to like look into it. I've seen it on TikTok a lot of people being like y'all need to check out Pinterest if you're a content creator. Mm. Real bad because I mean it's like popping off, especially if you're a content creator of color. They have like a content creator fund mm. on Pinterest which is oh, like nice. basically you submit your photos to to live in their lexicon. Yeah.
2: Mm. Oh, that's such a good idea. And mm-hmm. also, Pinterest is doing like stories now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Have y'all seen that? No. Like, they, you basically like so many stories. Yeah. Every
1: <laughs> <laughs> soon it's gonna be like TikTok story. <laughs> oh, actually, I think it already is. TikTok a thing, does right? have stories.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: they have stories.
1: Yep. They're so annoying because I I I don't like <laughs> I don't think TikTok <laughs> I don't think stories should exist on the TikTok app itself because it's like. I don't know, they're annoying. I want to click on the creator and look at their page, but it then immediately takes me to their story. Mm. Mm. And a lot of times the stories is just like 3 to 4 seconds of content I would already watch on their page. Mm. So it feels more of like an obstacle whereas like stories on like Snap or Instagram it's different. Yeah, it feels like more intimate shoulder content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah but yeah. I don't know.
2: Especially because people don't generally post what they post in stories in their
1: feed. Right. Like,
2: versus TikTok, if if it's kind of the same vibe,
1: mm-hmm. then it's not really, mm-hmm.
2: doesn't feel personal in that way.
1: And YouTube stories is crazy these yeah. days. YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts, my mm-hmm. bad.
2: I can't keep up, dinosaur. <laughs>
1: okay. T-Rex. <laughs> not, I mean, a T-Rex, but also you have thoughts and ideas because you know how yeah. content yeah, what what it takes to make good viral content mm-hmm. to make something poppy. Yeah, it's just tired. And it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, but it's not impossible. It's not for the individual.
2: Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is honestly. I feel like this is. I'm getting a lot of ideas from this episode. Mm-hmm. Like for myself so I hope that our listeners can like take some tips and it can help you guys to like grow your brand and become you know start those initial steps or continue those steps of becoming a content creator that's actually making money Mm because you know it is hard and it is an art and you have to really finesse like there's a lot of finessing Mm -hmm. that goes into being like a you know, growing an audience and making sure that you are producing content of a certain caliber, but also mm-hmm. maintaining your mental health and all of these things. Like there's just like a lot of finessing and massaging that you have to do to mm-hmm. figure out um, a rhythm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, with content creating, mm-hmm. so.
1: Yeah, and hopefully knowing how the big whales are making money can help provide insight as to like how you can be competitive in this space. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they're not making money just from AdSense.
1: No, they're out there, mm-hmm. they are out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well this feels unfinished. Yeah, it's not a it's not a good bake. Just yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're gonna have to do a two-parter episode because I did mention, like, balancing your mental health and all those mm-hmm. things. Like, that is a whole other beast and part of being a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're gonna talk more about that for this part, two, Like,
4: mm-hmm. the soft costs of mm-hmm. being a
2: content creator on the internet. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. You're gonna wanna hear about that side of it before you start your online endeavors, y'all. But you're going to have to do that next
1: episode.
2: Until next time. Bye.
4: Hey there.
0: Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster?
4: Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about?